Hi, everyone, and welcome to Pod 2112, the official podcast of the 2112 Group, where we talk with the business executives and thought leaders about the technology, market issues, and indirect routes to market trends impacting the world around us. I'm your host, Larry Walsh. You know, um, I've been telling solution providers for years that the more independent they are of their vendors, the more valuable they'll be to their vendors. And part of that is what we'll call for the purposes of this conversation, profit independence, which is you make more money on your own than you do on the resale of products or services of a vendor. And that's not to say that that vendor products and services don't have value and that you can't make money on them. But let's face facts. We are living in a world that's changing. Not only are the products changing and becoming more services oriented, but the consumption models and the value propositions are changing as well. And this is going to only accelerate as vendors, the technology vendors themselves, whether they're traditional hardware companies moving towards cloud models or they're born in the cloud, they are going to accelerate this process to where partners are going to have more control over how they make their money and how they, how they maintain their profit models. You know, and this is also going to require the vendors to change the way that they're thinking as not only, you know, they, the vendors can't sit there and say, oh, you know, we, we're responsible for partner profitability we have to build in all these incentives and margins and discounts. Um, they need to start thinking about the way that they can leverage partners to extend the customer experience, extend services, and then build economic models around that. You know, this notion of profit independence cuts both ways and it requires a new way of thinking and a new way of going to market. And that's why we asked our, fr- our friend Chris Lamborn, the head of Worldwide Partner, uh, go to markets and programs at NetApp to join us because this is a topic that's been on his mind of late. And uh, I think you're going to enjoy some of the things he has to say. So with that, Chris, welcome to Pod 2112. Larry, thank you, and, and thanks for having me. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, a hot topic of conversation. I don't think there's any um, business in the environment today or any partner out there that isn't hearing the terms transformation, whether it be digital transformation or whether it be business transformation. And uh, um, something near and dear to my heart as, as NetApp's gone through its own transformation and, and we aim to help our partners through the uh, transformation within the market. So why don't we start with that? Because I I think that's a good launching pad for for our talk today, which is what is this transformation that NetApp is going through? Because when I think of NetApp, I think of complex, heavy iron made for storage. What is NetApp transforming to and how is it impacting your your go-to-market model? Well, I think it's an interesting one, and I think that that heavy iron visibility is something that a lot of people, people still see NetApp as. You know, NetApp has gone through a change of how we take our solutions to market and even those solutions we take to market. And we took quite an aggressive stance early on around adopting the cloud. Uh, At the time when they said companies like ours, I think even Gartner said we should have disappeared by now um, because storage would be dead and the cloud would be everything. Um, We embraced it. And so as an organization, we've transitioned our business from being that that centric business to a software organization um, with some of our acquisitions um, along the way and with the development of our um, in-cloud solutions with the hyperscalers such as AWS, Azure and Google. 
really enabling our customers, enabling our partners to move into that true hybrid and hybrid multi-cloud environment. And, um, and it, it's a really interesting progression and it's a continual evolution because I think, you know, those of us that are partners and as you will have heard when we were at Insight last week, um, we launched our new Keystone consumption solution which is really taking it to that next level. So really giving you the ability to put data wherever you want it to be, how you want it to be there, when you want it to be there. Yeah. You know, first I just want to say, why am I not surprised that you're still here when Gartner said you probably shouldn't be? Uh, that's probably a good test of, you know, a really good test of transformation. Uh, from your perspective though, how is the shift to cloud services changing the nature of partner profitability, or at least the way that you and NetApp think about how do you define the profit model for partners that work with you? I think it's, it's an interesting transition that's going on, and I don't believe everybody is um, understanding it or moving along it at the same pace, and I think everybody is still learning. You know, for us, the luxury of forcing ourselves down this hybrid cloud environment has meant we've had to look at how we help partners make money, but also how we recognize that partner's return. Because now, if you think about it, you can buy NetApp through your traditional distribution route or off Amazon or, or Azure or Google. And so we as an organization have to be able to recognize that, have to understand that how a partner organization makes money in this ever-changing world is moving more and more towards the services and more and more towards the IP of um, services and applications that they develop around it. So our role as we transition through this is very much giving our partners the ability to go and do that. And NetApp, you know, ever since our inception, has very much been a channel-led services organization. And so that puts us in a great place and part of this is really understanding how we can help our partners move along that transition. So if you've always been a, a partner-led organization, you've always worked with your partners on delivering professional services, how is the model changing? Because it sounds, at least based on what you just said, that you're, you're continuing on much the same way. You're just shifting your focus into a cloud context opposed from a data center context. Yeah, I think it's acknowledging that those types of services need to change as well. You know, if you look today, a lot of businesses are trying to identify how to transform their business, how to make the most out of that data. Um, you know, if you think about it, data is that digital business and digital business is a combination of the customer and the business information and, and really data is the fuel for the digital business, the oil of the digital world. And software is really that engine that transforms the fuel into business opportunity. And so when I look at the enablement we need to do with partners, it isn't just about what incentives you put in place. It's about some of the services we have like Fuel by NetApp, which is a consultancy service. We don't charge partners for this. But these are individuals who have a deep knowledge of building out consumptive environments, they come from the service provider world, and they sit down with our partners and help them understand how to build businesses, how to transition and build services to be profitable in there. And we do a similar thing from industry solutions. 
we have a group of industry specialists that help partners build out their cloud services or their industry services um, based around a lot of the new technologies to help them drive sustainable growth in a market where, as you kind of said in your opening um, statements, you don't make the same money by selling the hardware or the box or the infrastructure that you did before, and partners need to diversify their skills. Well, in, in some respects, though, partners aren't making the money on cloud services that they did in, in more tangible products that they, that they sold before. Is that when you look at some of the research, our research here at 2112 says average margins are for cloud services for partners is sub 20%. Um, are professional services the means by which not only do partners make up for whatever you know, deficit there might be in the in the intrinsic margin of products or cloud services and become more sticky with the customer? Well, the research we've done, you know, similar to yours, shows that, yes, you know, you can't just rely on your traditional types of services. Your professional services drive, but the consultancy services that are going into this market space is really where we're seeing partners become profitable. Um, you know, in a space where customers are unsure of how to transition, they're looking for thought leaders, they're looking for subject matter experts to help them transition their business. And we're seeing really the most profitable partners. And for NetApp, that means they're driving at least $7.41 of incremental business for every dollar of NetApp. We're seeing them really diversify, and I use services in that broad term. We're also seeing them expand, as you're seeing across the market, through the full managed services environment. And I think we've got to step away from looking at this as a pure hardware, how many boxes can you add on over a period of time and look at the software model. This is a model about being able to continually, to your term, get the stickiness around a customer, but continue to expand the services. And whether you look at those as applications, whether you look at those as business opportunities, through the customer base. Um, you know, we're, we're talking to a new set of buyers. We're talking to you know, par um, parties within customers that many partners of today may not have even had a conversation with because you're talking to developers. You're talking to the types of individuals that really didn't care about the infrastructure, but really care around how they can access their data and how easy and how viable it is. So I think in answer to your question, it's a different set of services and much broader than what you would have looked at traditionally. So how do you get, how do you as the vendor, because you're trying to satisfy the customer, satisfy the market need, how, how do you get the partners to look beyond what they've already, what they've always done and what they've always known? What is the, the catalyst to help them understand this transformation imperative and the need to not just acquire new skills and intellectual property, but also to ramp capacity to satisfy the customer. In honesty, it's hard. Um, you know, you're asking even for ourselves as an organization and, you know, I spend a lot of time with my peers in the marketplace. I don't believe anybody's got the, the magic answer to it. Um, it's an industry transformation that we're going through. This isn't anything small. Um, as you opened up, you know, you're seeing major shifts in the economy, demographic changes, and the rise of the empowered customer. With all of that, you know, we have to adapt our training. 
We've changed how we train our own sellers and how we sell our partners more to that outcome-based um, point of view. So really arming them with the ability to have that digital transformation conversation. Um, really the ability to understand some of the challenges that those customers are needed and enabling them to really become that trusted advisor for the customer. And this isn't an overnight transition. And to be open with you, you know, some partners that we've spoken to are unsure if they're going to be able to make that transition. What we're also seeing is a set of new types of partners come in that are very strong within that consultancy space, very strong in that pure cloud space that are looking to partner. And I think this is an interesting point, and this is a dynamic we're really seeing change. We're seeing a lot more of partner-to-partner -partner engagement and us helping facilitate that because in today's world, whether you're talking about cloud, whether you're talking about IoT, whether you're talking around um, you know, any of the new technologies moving forward, there are very few, and I would even state if any, partners that deliver everything that a customer could want today. And so between NetApp driving that trusted engagement and having a knowledge base across our partner ecosystem and partners willing to work together on technologies, that's really where I'm seeing the other part of this change. And that's where our role comes in, really a little bit of a matchmaker, if you want to look at it, of getting the right technologists together. Um, because I think, as you've covered in the past, labor isn't cheap in this world now. And there's not enough specialist people to go around every partner in the market. And so this aim of partnering um, takes on a whole new opportunity. You know, we are seeing that customers, the, the ultimate end customers are willing to pay more for that expertise because they're, that expertise helps them achieve a better experience, a better outcome. And with that comes the opportunity for the partners to, to make more money and become profit independent, or at least generate more profit than they can off of product sales. Does that diminish or negate the, the need for vendors to give some financial consideration, whether it's margins, discounts, or other incentives to contribute to the partner profitability? No, I don't think it negates it at all. I think, you know, Overall, when I look at our responsibility of a vendor, our responsibility of a vendor is to ensure that you know, all parties have a profitable outcome. And so we continue to support. And I think actually what it does is it changes how you look at that need for investments. Um, you know, we've done a lot more in our programs recently of transitioning some of those incentives and those, those investments to be driven around even the public cloud space. You know, if you're a partner in our growth program today, we count your revenue, whether you've bought the product from a NetApp distributor because it's a traditional product or you're buying it off Azure, AWS, or Google. It's not easy. So we've had to do a lot of changes internally to make it happen. But it's about continuing that recognition and being able to drive that. And an interesting one when you start to come to that is also understanding the speed of which partners are moving from that more traditional CapEx environment into the consumptive environment. Because as they build out those services, everybody's compensation models change and you start to move from that kind of annual spike on a deal to that drip feed income. 
And so as we continue to evolve our programs, we need to bear that in mind. And it's not it's less of a one size fits all. You have some partners at different stages along that progression. And you know, as we're doing with Keystone, um, the consumptive solution, we're starting to give options for how we recognize that with our partners. Yeah. That's, when you talk about changing the way that you recognize that consumption, recognize the value, talk a little bit about how this, this transformation is shaping or reshaping the way that you think about your go-to-market strategy and your economic models with and through partners. I think it's an interesting one, and it's one that um, you know we we take a lot of look. And fortunately, with some of our relationships with our partners, we're able to have very open dialogue as they look to transition their businesses as well. And I think, as I said before, it is that part of being able to have more of a view at a partner around how they're selling to a customer, how they're engaging to a customer, and therefore what drives that behaviour than the more legacy aged view that was, um, we're going to treat you like this because we gave you this label 20 years ago. And I think as we transition, we spend a lot of time working around more of a business capability um, view and very much transitioning some of our recognition into that space because it also enables us, and, and, and I'm a big believer in this and vendors do it, about looking from the customer viewpoint in. It's very easy for us to sit here and say, we make great products and this is how you're going to sell them and this is how we're going to pay you. And if it has no relationship to how a partner's actually transacting with a customer or what a customer's asking from the partner, then it kind of has a big disconnect. And so we've spent a lot of time and will continue to evolve because this market is changing at a, a rapid pace. Um, we'll continue to evolve down that path as partners transition as well. Yeah. Do you foresee a time when partners won't be selling product that they will they will be there as that extension of the customer experience and through professional services, or do you think that partners will always have this dual role of reselling in a, or sorry, dual role, multifaceted role? I, sus, I suppose that of reselling, integrating, and and facilitating the use of technology. Well, I'd actually question if customers really see their partners as selling them a product anyway. Um, I think if you look at most customers now, they're engaging in services with their partners. And I mean that in the broad sense. Um, you know, most partners and customers now are engaging in service level agreements as opposed to direct acquisitions. And yes, you know, there's still always going to be the need for a standalone change in an environment. But I really see this transition into the more managed service environment, particularly in the enterprise space as we move forward. You know, even at home, if you think about it, we want that same online experience irrelevant of where we are. Um, we don't sit there and it came to me the other day because it didn't work out for me. I had my cell phone and I was at a conference and I was on the Wi-Fi and I was walking outside and I didn't look at it and think I need to switch between Wi-Fi and cell reception, but I assumed it would do it with it and I'd have that continuity. Um, my assumption was incorrect because I was in a poor cell area and I dropped the connection. And if you think about that same cloud-like experience, customers, 
and partners should be able to deliver that same cloud-like experience irrelevant of what they're doing with the data, irrelevant of how they manage that data. And so I think there'll still be physical units being sold everywhere, but I wouldn't necessarily look at partners selling product to customers. What, you know, what advice would you give, give a, a peer at another vendor who's looking at these transformation trends and says, you know, they want to embrace partners for their intellect and their, their skills, as well as prop up more profit independent resellers or solution providers. What, what do you, what's the first step? Well, I think the interesting thing with that is going to be who the peer is, because uh, one of the bits of advice might be stay away from it. It's never going to go anywhere and you won't make any money from it. But if they're a peer that we're going to work with, as we do with any of our partners, then I think for me, it's about not sticking your head in the sand about it. It's about really embracing it, understanding how partners operate in this market, understanding what drives that behavior because it's changed. You know, the way we run things, you know, even up to the last three years ago, don't stand across an entire business now. Um, I would also say the key piece outside of clearly understanding from the customer in is really looking internally at your organization at how you simplify engagements. You know, we've spent a lot of time and invested a lot over the last year and have um, more plans as we come out to the next 6, 12, and 18 months to really simplify the engagement with us as a vendor so that you have that seamless experience whether it be quoting, whether it be how we drive our support pricing, whether it be around how we enable pricing consistency year on year to an existing customer. Those are all things that are critical in this because people are looking for that simplified experience in what is essentially a very complicated world. Yeah. And it's not going to get any less complicated. So, Chris, I want to ask you one final question, you know, and it's a, it's a complicated question. You recently had the or attended the NetApp uh, annual conference insights in Las Vegas. What's the best part of Las Vegas to you? The best part of Las Vegas is Las Vegas Airport. Usually, when you're departing, in my mind, as <laughs> as you've done, um, we've spent many, many, many hours in Vegas. Um, more often than not, inside conference centers from day on day. On day. Um, I was actually. Um, fortunate enough to run the Las Vegas half uh, marathon there. And I'll tell you what, that was probably the best experience I've had in Vegas. They actually shut down the strip. So you get to run at night along the strip through new and old Vegas and then finish just outside MGM. So for me, that's the most memorable bit. Um, but I'm sure we'll all be back multiple times. You know, it's an occupational hazard. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Larry. It was a enjoyable time, and, uh, and thank you for the opportunity. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for this edition of Pod 2112. I want to thank our guest, Chris Lamborn, the head of Worldwide Partner Go-To-Markets and Programs at NetApp. I also want to thank all of you for joining us on Pod 2112, a production of the 2112 Group. 2112 is a leading provider of research, business development, and enablement services for B2B technology and manufacturing companies around the world. For more information about how 2112 can help your business, visit our website at the2112group.com. Also, check out Channelnomics, 2112's news and analyst site that provides the best insights into business practices and market trends. 
And if you haven't done so, please subscribe to Pod 2112. You don't want to miss a single conversation. You can subscribe to Pod 2112 on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. It's easy, so do so today. Thanks again for listening to Pod 2112. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you.